Hey, welcome back to the Brazos Point Living Room. We're so glad that you are listening. And this week, we have the three amigos, um, now that we've sent Crispo on his way. Hey, we've got Randy Dane, Michelle Masterson, and myself, Joseph Castillo. It was a good time, though. Mm-hmm. Glad to have him. Uh, but this week, we're excited because we are picking up our message series, Walking Through the Gospel of John, and we are in the final few chapters, and it is full, full of such, such big and powerful moments. So I'm really excited about this week. Uh, so my first question for us is this, what is the most ridiculous thing you did when you were given a bit of freedom or power as a kid? So when uh, we were first uh, allowed to be left home alone, like parents left mm-hmm. us and, you know, babysitterless, uh, my cousin and I did so many things we were not supposed to do. <laughs> and in one event, we like broke at least four rules. We went outside, we got on the roof, we took our BB guns, and we <laughs> shot birds. And From the I, roof? Yeah. And, and we successfully shot birds. And I was raised... Uh, my dad always said, if you shoot it, you eat it. Like, if, if you kill it, you eat it. <laughs> and we were shooting, like, you know, sparrows. You did not eat them? No, we did not <laughs> eat them. That would have been a better ending to the story. Did you even go find them? No, we were just shooting them for fun and meanness. <laughs> Some poor kid just found all these dead sparrows in the yard. No, nah, we made a cat's job easy. The cats were just loving the it. cats were loving it. Just free food. <laughs> What you got, Shelly? I can't think of anything yet. You go again. <laughs> or you go. <laughs> uh, mine is kind of the same setup. I think when you're a kid, the power you're given is really the freedom that you get as you get older and older. Uh, and so the first time I was really left alone as a kid, I just realized like I could just take my bike and go down to the corner store and... Uh, maybe I've always loved pizza, like we all do here. But I would just buy frozen pizzas. <laughs> frozen. I could eat whatever I wanted today. Well, at least you weren't killing anything. <laughs> my, myself. <laughs> Fro- one frozen Slowly pizza. Slowly myself. It, uh, I did. I did get a little little tinge of fear that if my mom listens she'll find out about the, the birds and the bb guns for the first time you're gonna have to eat some sparrows <laughs> it's like eating crow <laughs> you say that was your dad's rule yeah oh yeah. yeah you shoot it you eat it oh you have to shoot i, so like, I think if you kill it you eat it you, yeah. know, you had to kill it what not if you just hit shoot something it. with your car <laughs> you eat it <laughs> like a deer yeah <laughs> y'all you didn't have that rule if you kill it you eat it <laughs> No. Huh. It's a good roll. <laughs> <laughs> you have any shells? I still can't really think of anything. I do remember that feeling of probably, I mean, long before I was allowed to stay home by myself. Um, I can remember what it felt like to get on my bicycle and like pull out of my driveway and ride the neighborhood by myself. And that felt pretty free. Wind in my hair. You were flying. Yeah, going so fast. <laughs> the world was yours. <laughs> but what did you do ridiculous? Nothing. That's not, and that's not every true. T- yeah, right. <laughs> that, you do ridiculous things. <laughs> I this do, but what I can't do. think of it. <laughs> I think they're too embarrassing. <laughs> Hmm. Well, maybe we'll come back, Shelly, when you're bold enough to share. Well, the reason uh, we're talking about 
freedom and power as kids is because uh, the message this week is titled Power Struggle. And really, it is uh, a really powerful moment of Jesus before his crucifixion, standing before Pilate, who believes that he has authority and power over Jesus. And it's a pretty powerful interaction and conversation that they have. So, if we read uh, a few verses here, we see that that Pilate's questioning Jesus and saying, he's asking him questions. Hey, are you king of the Jews? And Jesus just responds in some real surprising ways. He does not really give Pilate straight answers. Instead, he turns the questions back on himself, on Pilate. And he says, uh, is that your own idea or did others talk to you about me? And then he ends up just asking uh, Jesus, are you a king? And one of the things Jesus says is, He said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. So my question is, what do you think Jesus meant when he said, my kingdom is not of this world to Pilate? And in what ways does that kingdom differ from this world? He's talking about terms that are bigger than this world, right? And so mm-hmm. ultimately, he's bringing the kingdom of God to earth in, in new new covenant ways. Um, but but the idea is that it is otherworldly in the sense that this world is temporary and his kingdom is eternal. You mm-hmm. know, uh, This world is created and his kingdom is uh, without a beginning or end. Mm-hmm. You know, And so the limitations of this world are, are things that his kingdom are not confined to. And I think in terms of what ways the, the kingdom is different from this world, you look at the king. You know, mm-hmm. There's nothing about the king uh, that that is typical of an earthly king, mm-hmm. and so you look at his humble beginnings, you look at his humble life, uh, you look at everything about how he does and uses power. You know, a king consolidates power for self promotion. Not mm. this king. This king gives away power and majors on you know self sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's just nothing about the king or the kingdom that's that's this world or. Uh, what you would expect from an earthly kingdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like how you pointed back to his humble beginnings too, because that's something that we often talk about at Christmas and we're coming up on Easter. And so just to to think back to how he was born and how that was not at all what people were expecting. And the way he has continued to live his life is not what people were expecting. And the way he's going to die is Mm -hmm. not what people were expecting. Well, I think what's fascinating too about this passage, there's so much going on because in this passage, you've got Romans and you've got Jews, right? And for the Jews, uh, he's not at all what they expected and he's rejected. For the Romans, he's also not what they would expect, but it, you get the sense that, that, you know, Pilate has more vision mm-hmm. for his potential to lead a significant movement against Rome mm-hmm. uh, than the Jews do of him being the Messiah. Mm-hmm. I love the idea of, like, what's different about this kingdom? Well, the king's right there. And he, like, what king willingly puts themselves in that position? No king of this world. And what's about to happen to him? It's like, this is the type of kingdom where the king is a servant, like he said, and what, how, 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 all the ways that he's displayed that. Uh, what I love about this moment, too, is I think it's so full of irony. I mean, there's this power struggle, like, like the message is titled, uh, but what is ironic about this moment of Pilate questioning Jesus about his authority? Well, you expose this to, to me, and I think it's really powerful. It's the idea that, that essentially Jesus is saying to, to Pilate, like, man, where do you stand on who I am? And, and the irony of that is that someday Pilate will stand, 
right, did stand before Jesus in, mm. in judgment. And mm-hmm. so here he is judging and questioning Jesus. And it's like, dude, you have no, you have mm-hmm. no clue the authority of the, the person mm-hmm. that you're questioning. Mm. And, and ultimately, John 18 and 19 show us that Pilate's got some fear. Mm-hmm. He's got some fear in his heart about this whole situation because he's uneasy, uh, but he was easy enough to to leverage his his authority over Jesus. Mm. Uh, I think yeah, I think there's so many moments of irony. Like you said, one day he will stand before Jesus, or it's already happened. And I, I love too that even in his questioning, it's like, "Are you the King of the Jews?" <laughs> yeah, he is. He's a King of everyone. He asks, "Are you a King?" Yeah, he is. Uh, but there's just so many moments here, even, even the religious leaders and what they accuse Jesus of, they want to crucify him because he is claiming to be the son of God. It's like, that's the truth. And, uh, man, it's just so full of irony. That is interesting. I'd never thought before about how Pilate might've been more convinced that Jesus would lead that people group to revolt against his government than the people were but that's what they wanted mm-hmm. yeah that is an irony i mean they were worried about his leadership and his potential for authority but he wasn't doing what they wanted a messiah right. to do which would be to overthrow rome yeah he's like no nah, i got a bigger enemy and it's sin hmm. well uh if you keep reading there are these few moments i want to highlight of Pilate as he's at questioning jesus and then further on he says that as for me, I find no basis for a charge against him. And so as they are crying out and yelling to Pilate that he has to crucify this guy, he is saying, by my own questioning, there is no basis. This man is innocent of everything he's been charged of. But eventually, he gives in. So why do you think Pilate ultimately decides to sentence Jesus to death, despite acknowledging that he finds no basis for the charges against him? I think Pilate finds himself between a rock and a hard place here. And he, he really does have, as the text expresses, some some fear in regards to who Jesus is. Uh, but he also has the fear of the growing crowd and the intensity of the crowd to crucify Jesus. And ultimately, at the end of the day, I think he I think he gives in to the crowd because he's got a greater fear of the crowd than he has a fear of Christ. Mm-hmm. I think it. Uh I think it's just powerful how John reiterates it over and over. He is innocent of not only their charges, but of all sin. The charge of the Israelites that he's not innocent of yeah. is that he's claimed to be the son of man. He is yeah, guilty right? of he that is. charge. It's just true. It's just true. <laughs> right. And and they want to kill him for it, right? Yeah. They want to kill him for it. And, and ultimately, what would motivate Pilate to take him off the scene is if he was trying to take the position of yeah. king and to try to usurp the authority of mm-hmm. Caesar. And Jesus isn't trying to do that. Mm-hmm. Well, like what you said, that Pilate is giving in to the pressure of the crowd, that they're rising up. He's afraid, even though he knows this man's innocent. He says, I'm going to do what they want anyways. So my next question is kind of about when we put ourselves in that position. And how prone do you feel you are to pressure from other people? And can you share a personal experience maybe where you compromise on something because of pressure from others? I think just make an immediate parallel to what's going on in this passage. Um, like the motivation on Pilate's part to crucify Jesus is ultimately to create peace. 
mm-hmm. right? Like he's just trying to make peace in the relationships. His whole job as governor is to continue to occupy this territory and these people for the sake of Rome and Caesar and to just keep the peace so that the Roman society just continues to work that it's the way that it's supposed to. And so when I think about it in those terms of, I mean, Pilate's just trying to keep the peace, that helps me see how I do live this out, right? And personal experience is compromising. A lot of the times the motivation behind compromise is just to have some kind of false sense of peace. Yeah. That mm-hmm. makes sense? Yeah. Yeah, not rocking the boat. I don't want anybody mad at me. I don't want anybody upset with me. And so mm-hmm. I definitely can tend to be prone to, I guess, tend to be and prone to are the same thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pressure from others and... I don't know. I can't think of necessarily a specific time that I compromised like one time because of that. But there have been seasons of my life where um, just even even kind of the way I lived was kind of like one compromise. Like when I was around these people, I kind of behaved one way. And when I was around another group of people, I might behave another way because I knew how to behave with each of those groups of people to be accepted by those people. And one group was more likely to expect me to be (laughs) Christ-like and the Mm -hmm. other group, maybe not so much. Mm. I, I, when I think about this question, I think about, um, man, we see pilots, um, giving into the pressure. I mean, it's, it's history now. I mean, it's well known, like it is in the Bible. It's a part of Jesus' story. Everyone who reads it sees it. We think, I think about Peter's denial of Jesus as well, of Peter getting it wrong. And so I think sometimes it's easy to think, man, how, these guys got it so wrong. And to look at them and think, you know, better but then also to think i also in the same way and in, in maybe different ways but in very much the same way given to pressure from others and deny jesus in some ways i i choose what other people want for me i choose what i want for me instead of what god wants for me or what's clear like you said shelly maybe it's not one moment man i think it probably because i have many moments i have a plenty of moments in my life where if I really went through with a fine tooth comb, I could find so many moments where I chose the will of others or my own will over what God clearly was leading me to. Um, But man, thank goodness that there's forgiveness for that. I talk a little bit in the message about struggling less mm-hmm. than than we did, right? And struggle never goes away, but as we learn and grow and develop and trust Jesus more, we struggle less. And and this particular question makes me think about something that I used to struggle more with, you know, uh, and that would be, you know, compromising in order because of pressure. Let me explain it out. It's like I would compromise the, the truth a little and embellish things because of the pressure to be funny. Does that make sense? Why are you looking at me? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was a pattern where it's like, you know, I knew I was stressing just a little bit. Do you mean it, like lie? Yeah. You're, embell- you're embellishing right now. <laughs> compromise the truth means lie uh, or stretch. Yeah. <laughs> I would stretch a little bit what was reality. Yeah. Because I wanted to be made a better story, funnier, impressive, or tell a good story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's never. I will say this to this audience: I, that's never been true in preaching. <laughs> right, that's never been true in preaching. So the guy who agreed <laughs> was admitting to lying. <laughs> hey, don't punish my authenticity here. <laughs> uh, that's good. Well, one of the other things I wanted to highlight is throughout these interactions, we see that the crowd 
uh, the religious leaders are shouting many things. They're saying, we want to kill this guy because he's claimed to be the son of God. They're given a moment where Pilate says to try to appease them, hey, every year, you know, I, 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 you can take back, I give to you a prisoner and trying to get them to pick Jesus. And instead they choose Barabbas, who's described as a uh, thief. Known criminal. Known criminal. Yeah. And they choose him. And the whole time they're they're just chanting to crucify, to crucify him. And at the very end, there's just this interesting moment where Jesus, he says, here's your king. And they say, take him away, crucify him. We have no king but Caesar. And it's just really the period on everything that has led to this moment. I was just going to say the we have no king but Caesar thing is just so dumb to me because like <laughs> if that's true why are you all up in arms about him claiming to be god's uh-huh. son yeah. you it's know? the greatest irony in the entire passage yes. and and in the context of the bible it's wild yes, exactly. because israel right you look at the story and the history of israel like, god is god their king they want so badly to have a human king so that they can be like the other nations around them and god relents they... and gives them a king their kings are, are terrible they end up being occupied by foreign kings they want so badly to be freed, to be back in their homeland, and to be out of foreign oppression. They Here you are, fast forward. Yeah, they just want the Messiah. Just want the Messiah. Just want the Messiah. <laughs> They've got the Messiah, not a human king only, but the divine king mm-hmm. right in front of them. More than they, and they ever have knew to ask for. The guts to say under the dictatorship of Caesar, no, Caesar is our king. Yeah. Mm. That's wild. They've lost the truth. That's, yeah, it's so full of <laughs> This is just rich. So, my question is, what or who have the religious leaders chosen to follow instead of Jesus? And then, what most often competes with God's rule of your life? So, like, I'm thinking, you know, what would I be like? No, Caesar is my king. But, like, (laughs) fill in the blank. What is Caesar? (laughs) What is your Caesar? That's good. Pizza. (laughs) Frozen pizzas. (laughs) Little Caesars. Pizza, pizza. Honestly, I think what I'm going to fill that blank in with is... um, Don't you take mine. My own way. Mm. You know, like my own vision, my own view, my own will Mm -hmm. for me, I think is what probably gets in the way most. Yeah, I think that's what it boils down to. What I would say is comfort, like being accepted. That's what you will. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's my own way. Um, but yeah, cause I think what the religious leaders are choosing is to maintain what they have established in their lives before Jesus got there. They don't want things to be shaken up. They don't actually want the Messiah. They want their power and their influence and their authority with these people. They don't want somebody else you know, they're thinking somebody's going to come in and affirm everything we've been doing and saying and make us look even more important. They weren't thinking he's going to come and debate <laughs> what we're doing. And so they're they're choosing their own way. Mm-hmm. Well, and last week's message and this week's message, they, they pair so well together. Last week was about control. This week's about power. You know, these two are, are, are cousins, right? And I think I think that's it. I think that's a lot of what competes with God's rule or God's reign over our life is our own desire for power and control. And we want to control. And so ultimately when I say, man, it's my will, my way, that's why I want to be my God, you mm-hmm. know? 
And that's what you want to be, Little Caesar. Want to be <laughs> Little Caesar Pizza Pizza. <laughs> if I want to be a pizza, it ain't Little Caesars. Obviously, <laughs> I'd rather have Little Caesars than Corner Store Frozen. <laughs> when you're ten, <laughs> yeah, I've never liked frozen pizza. Yeah. Did you get some Big Red to go with it? <laughs> yeah. Did you? Mountain Dew. I'd have been on Mountain Dew. My answer is the same. And I'll use a Swahili word from Crispo. Oh, Mimi. Mimi just means me. Mimi means me. <laughs> yeah. Which is real funny at the lake when uh, grandparents are named <laughs> Mimi. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, I think it's mine would not be blank as my Caesar. It's just I'm Caesar. Yeah. <laughs> you know, my way, my wants are what most often gets in the way. So the last thought is I love in this interaction that Jesus continues to not answer really his questions. He keeps responding with other questions or really trying to get a pilot to think about who he really is. And then Pilate has a moment where he just says, listen, do you not understand? Do you not realize I have power over you to either free you or to crucify you? And I love Jesus' response. He says, you have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. And so I just love, he's like, you think you have all the power. It's, it's again, it's saying, I, I am you. I made you really. It's just a powerful moment. And, uh, it's Jesus reminding us too, that Pilate's power came from above, but also all power is given from above. Uh, I love that the Psalms talk about that, uh, God establishes Kings and rulers and he puts them in place. And so he's ultimately always in authority. So my question is, if that's true, if all power comes from above, what does it look like to leverage your power or authority for God in your everyday life? So for me, in, to, in particular, like this is a lifelong experience um, and an area of a, a ton of sanctification. I've always been interested in power. I've always been uh, inclined towards leadership. And, you know, I mean, there were seasons of my life where leadership was about self-promotion. And and I believe that over time, Jesus has worked a lot of that out of me, but it's still something that you have to be careful about, right? It's still something you have to be aware of that proclivity towards. Um, but I think and hope that also to be over time, what God has done is he's, he's eradicated that in my heart and he's turned my heart into more of a heart of Christ where I want to leverage leadership and authority for the good of others. And, and, and sacrificial leadership, servant leadership, where you, you know, ultimately love others towards Christ and the cross. Um, but I think it's huge, and I think it can be more huge for, for some than others, but I think for everybody. I mean, we just have to recognize uh, the desire for power and the desire and drive for self-promotion. Mm. You've said before, when you were little, your dream was to be president. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it was it was it was honestly more real than that um, because like anything I was ever involved in, mm-hmm. I wanted to be the leader of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I was really big in Boy Scouts for years, and I was the leader, and I wanted to be the leader of leaders, and I was. And mm-hmm. you know, I mean, there were organizations within Boy Scouts that I had my eye on the top job in those different entities, and I was going to get what I wanted, and ultimately, I wanted power, mm-hmm. and you know, and I'm not acting like I was a you know teenager childhood dictator, I was learning those lessons even from Jesus then of what it looked like 
uh, to leverage that for other people's good. Mm-hmm. I just hope that all these years later, you know, <laughs> the struggle is nowhere near as yeah. real. And I, I touched a little bit on them in the message that, you know, I mean, all of us, as we follow Jesus over time, uh, man, we're not ever going to be free completely this side of heaven from struggle, you know? Um, but, but as we follow Jesus, we look at our life and the trajectory of our life and we go, man, I'm struggling less than I was. And that's an indicator of growth and the fruit of the spirit in our lives. Mm-hmm. I just think it's funny that when you were little, you dreamed about being president. When I was little, I dreamed about pizza from down the street. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And look, we landed in the same look place. Look at us now. Yeah. Look at us now. We, we landed in the same place. God works in mysterious, weird ways. Or just say we Caesars. went in the middle? Or we just... I still love pizza, so... I have zero desire to be president. Zero. I'd rather eat frozen pizza. Um, it makes me think about stewardship and mm. every... You know, all power is given from above. Everything is given from above. And so, um, as a Christ follower, I should always want to be doing what points to Jesus, what brings glory to God. And so, that means including whoever is in my sphere of influence. And so, like, I think back to those seasons that I was talking about earlier where Maybe I behaved a little differently around one group of people than another group of people, and and maybe it would have appeared that my values might have even shifted with one group of people to a different group of people. And looking back on that in, in the context of this question, I think, why didn't I use the influence I had in both groups of people to point them to Jesus? And so I think when yeah so that's what i think about is using whatever influence you do have um just to constantly do that Hmm. well and i think i mean that helps me to think too like as i think about that the struggle doesn't completely go away where do i struggle with this at life at in life at present and i think parenting is a space where i know that i have authority and power and 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 I, i want to be careful to use it you know, for their good, not my own. But sometimes you just want them to do what you just want them to do because you just want peace and quiet and you want it, you know, the problems to, to just stop. You know what I'm saying? And so I, I'm mindful of that in that space. It's like, man, I've got authority uh, to whatever extent that you, you do. Um, and I just want to make sure I'm using it for good. <laughs> you just became president of your family. I'm the, I am the, it's more of a benevolent dictatorship. dictatorship yeah. yeah. <laughs> Benevolent dictatorship. Shall I have That's just the children. <laughs> By the way. Oh, we know. We know. Uh, Not Aggie. No, no. Right, the dog is in charge. Still alive. She. No, that's my young one, Joseph. She's only seven. <laughs> only. Yeah. My eighteen-year-old one died. Uh, Shall I appreciate that you talked about it? when you think about power and authority, it's also about stewardship and that all things really come from above. Uh, I just, I, I hope that people who read this question or the discussion that happens um, for someone who maybe feels like they don't have any power or authority, maybe in their job, their life, you know, I'm not a leader. I'm not whatever you may think, but the truth is we do. And stewardship is a big part of that. And uh, man, that everything we've been given is meant to be used for God. And so, 
it's not just interpersonal relationships, but it's everything that we've been blessed with. Well, and and I, lo- I like the way you're broadening it because the reality is influence is power. Mm-hmm. And we all have some, some forms of influence influence. over someone else. Yeah. Like it also makes me think about spiritual gifts and being good stewards of those gifts that he's given us. And like Randy talked a lot about leadership and that's, that's an obvious way that you can leverage your power slash authority for him in your everyday life. But I also think about the person who maybe has the gift of hospitality and they can leverage the influence they have of people that they invite to into their home and feed and create a welcome space like that is you know that could be used to point those folks to god mm-hmm. wow it was good i appreciate the discussion it's a uh, it's a good week and we are coming to the end of this gospel of john let's go get some pizza yeah <laughs> where y'all want to go yeah uh, it's a good corner store down the street, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I actually prefer my pizza from one place and my breadsticks from another place. Mm. <laughs> and I have made both trips before. Wow. Wow. <laughs> what a night. Date do, night. Do any of <laughs> you are you, any of you dippers in ranch? Your pizza in ranch? No. I am. Any of you uh crushed red pepper? Oh yeah, Jeff does. I do Parmesan and crushed red pepper and dip and ranch, and also not as if you know salted meats aren't enough on pizza. <laughs> I like to sprinkle a little salt on pizza too. Oh wow! Yeah, and God some garlic me. powder. <laughs> garlic, I'm with you, but Parmesan, garlic, salt—it's a whole crushed deal. Crushed red pepper house. and ranch. <laughs> <laughs> See, we're, we're ordering I, pizza tonight. Maybe I get the supplies. That somebody else made it is what I like to do. <laughs> maybe I've just shown that you I eat bad pizza. Over your power no, I eat bad pizza. pizza. It's like, oh yeah, you're eating Little Caesars. <laughs> I just imagine you having guests and you prepping your whole kitchen, and it's like, what are you making tonight? Oh, we're ordering pizza. We're ordering pizza. <laughs> uh, I didn't know this wasn't normal. I think the red pepper. Parmesan and garlic is salt is where. Just put more pizza on your pizza. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody, not even CC's when they made every type of pizza. Oh, CC's is (laughs) so bad. Put salt on their pizza. (laughs) You know it's not two ninety nine anymore. Oh, it's Uh, expensive. It is. Yeah. Wow. What was two ninety nine? Pizza at CC's. Uh, The buffet. Oh, you didn't know two ninety nine. The whole experience buffet and a drink was two ninety nine. Like, even then, that was like a good how many deal. years ago? Yeah, well, some, some years ago. <laughs> it was when I was in Little Miss Kickball. <laughs> <laughs> it's up to like six ninety nine. No, maybe it's more than that. It's, it's eight ninety nine. Definitely more than that. It's ten ninety nine. Yeah, it's bad. Oh, there's well. not enough salt. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for staying for this conversation. <laughs> Please come tell Randy how bad his we pizzas. We usually stop recording is. before yeah. all that nonsense. <laughs> oh, we love you guys. Thanks so much for listening and we'll catch you next week.